Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. In the early 1980s, Republican Governor Dick Thornburg campaigned to end how Pennsylvania sells beer, wine, and liquor. Thornburg called it an antiquated system that was adopted after prohibition. Governor Tom Ridge renewed the push to privatization in the 90s. Then within the last five years, a third Republican governor, Tom Corbett, tried again without total success. Even though almost every poll founds, finds that Pennsylvania supported changing the system or outright privatization, not enough legislators from both parties could agree. After more than 30 years, seemingly out of nowhere, the legislature approved major changes to where beer and wine can be sold, and Democratic Governor Tom Wolf, who campaigned on modernization, agreed. We look at those changes and what it means on today's program. Joining us is Mike Negra and Michael Newsom, both members of the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. And I know this is a topic that uh, many of you have questions about, so give us a call, one 800 729 Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. All right, there are some words going around to describe this that we don't often hear. Uh, as Governor Wolf said, the most significant change in 80 years, other words used like historic, monumental. Give us a sense of how much of a change this really is. Well, no, I, I'd agree with some of those words. It is monumental, it is historic. Um, it's something that hasn't happened in 80, in 80 years. It's something that, that the Liquor Control Board itself has been uh, fighting for and hoping that we, that we see. I, and I think that the citizens of Pennsylvania are, are finally happy that we're taking these, some call baby steps, but uh, Sunday sales, relaxation of that, you're able to um, ship uh, wine in from out of state, out of country. Um, those are some of the basic things that people have been dying for from from a uh, uh, you know for, from from an alcohol perspective, and now we have them in in the state of Pennsylvania. And so, uh, did we expect to see it? No, it, it it did come from right field, you know, for for us, and I think it came from right field for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that part. As they said, seemingly out of nowhere. Usually, when the previous governor has made a, a real push for this. It would be months. We'd hear about it for months that uh, liquor privatization or making changes uh, was one of the well re Republican in the House for the last few years uh, priorities. But then, like in two days, this made it through the House and Senate, and Governor Wolf uh, signed it. I mean, was it a real surprise for you? Well, to put it frankly, it was a surprise. I, I would add it to monumental and historic surprising and totally unexpected uh, at this stage. And uh, yes, we were all surprised. In fact, we were somewhat blaming each other for not telling everybody else about <laughs> it. But in fact, we did not know about it. The board did not know about it. The, uh, the executive team was not aware of it. And it was very closely held. Oh, so you mean you guys sit around too and say, why don't you tell me about this? Nope. Well, we didn't exactly say it to each other, but we were thinking it. We were thinking it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean the bill was sitting there in December. Um, you know, it was it was poised to go through as part of the budget deal back in December, and uh, you know, it it obviously didn't make it out as part as part of the final budget the budget deal, and uh, it. It resurfaced and, and went through in a day. Mm -hmm. it, it, something you said, though, Mike, um, 
I want to question you on a little bit more. You said something that the LCB has been fighting for for years. In what way? Because the perception hasn't always been that way from a public standpoint that the LCB has been fighting for these things. Well, I mean, you can you know look at, at all of our testimony in, in the appropriations committees since I've been there uh, and, and well before that. And, and I'll just use the, the example of Sunday sales. You know that it's. Uh, I think that our we've budgeted around fifteen million dollars net to the Commonwealth. It it's always been a no-brainer to to uh, the people inside inside the North Building that you know we should be able to open up whatever many whatever number of stores for whatever hours that we want to, and that really doesn't doesn't affect privatization or modernization. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so finally, those those are the sort of things that that I'm talking about that we've been making suggestions and fighting for that can at, at least you know o- open up our stores modernize our stores that doesn't affect whatever happens in the future we don't really take a stand on privatization or modernization we're administrators and so when it, whatever the senate and the house and the governor and the governor's office decide to do th- that's what our charge is and so now our charge is to make these changes that that have come through act 39 and and implement them as fast as possible and and so we can pass along those sort of convenience and also make more revenue for for the state mm-hmm. and uh um but what we saw was we saw opportunities for additional revenue and additional customer convenience that we were fighting for and suggesting that we implement and that's what I meant by fighting for. Yeah, the big thing on the on the show today, we're going to be talking about those changes. We'll get to them in just a moment. But uh, uh, you know, something you just mentioned, uh, additional revenue. Uh, the House Appropriations Committee estimated $150 million in additional revenue. Um, but, Michael, one of the parts that, uh, I don't know, may be confusing to some people, but and I'd like you to explain a little bit, is even though there will be changes of where wine, beer, liquor, distilled uh, spirits can be sold, uh, it still goes through the LCB, correct? That is that is correct. Uh, yes. There, one thing we have to remember is that the these entities that sell uh, alcohol will have to be licensed by the LCB. And uh, so when people think of this whole bill that, that's just been passed, they're thinking now wholesale, everyone will be able to wholesale, meaning uh, globally, right. that everyone will be able to buy beer, wine at any place, uh, grocery store, convenience store. That is not the case. Uh, we still require a license, and those that are licensed right now will have an opportunity to expand their license to, uh, to sell wine. But uh, overall, yes, this whole convenience thing is just an opportunity now. We have an opportunity now for many more uh, locations to be able to to sell beer and wine. Okay, now when you say many more, okay, many more locations that can't up until now, but will there be more licenses? Yes, one one aspect of the bill is we have a number of licenses that uh, is available to uh, to be auctioned later sometime in the next, I would say, within the next year. We haven't worked out the details yet. But uh, those licenses will be made available uh, through an auction process. And uh, those additional locations will be able to to distribute, to, to sell beer and wine. So that, is that where the additional revenue is coming in? Well, additional revenue will come from a number of places. I, I must admit that one of the things that we're working on right now, and I'm not sure how long it will take us to put it together, is that obviously this $150 million figure has been 
been quoted as the number. We're not sure what that number is. We have to validate that number. Even the governor, when he signed the bill, used a number of 115 million. So again, oh, really? uh, yeah. so uh, plus he, he's yeah. 115 plus. Oh, okay. So uh, as a numbers person myself, one of the things I want to get my arms around and the entire board wants to is to let's see if we can validate that number and put out a number that really, really is something we can stand behind at this point. That number is, is hasn't been totally validated. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, 115 and 150 million. Even though in government terms, when the, the, you look at the amount of money the government spends, 35 million, ah, that's chump change. But for us, 35 million dollars is a, especially at a time when uh, budgets are tight uh, here in Pennsylvania. In your minds, what is the biggest change that uh, th this law brings? Um, I'd probably say access. You know, uh, the the wine in supermarkets is is a is a big deal. For the first time, uh, consumers in the state of Pennsylvania will be able to purchase wine from outside the state the state store system. So I, I think, it, it, in my mind, that's probably the biggest change, um, and and it's also one of the biggest challenges for the board. Uh, how lo logistically, how are we going to do it? We've just added. You know, we have 605 stores or so, something right around there. It's it's an organic number. It grows mm -hmm. and it drops. And um, But now all of a sudden we're adding 300 and some grocery stores. We're adding a number of uh, convenience stores. We're adding 11,000 licensees that could. Not all of them will, will take advantage of right. it, but some of them will. And so logistically, how are we going to get that product, you know, to them? What is that product? And, you know, how, can we make sure that we have enough of that product that, you know, our forecasting is great. Our supply chain is fabulous when it comes to forecasting to make sure that we have the product that we need in all those stores. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we've got all these other outlets, and we don't know how the consumer is going to react to that. And, and so the free market's going to going to start to bloom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that seed's been planted, and, uh, you know, Being There is one of my favorite movies. I always, you know, like, like the quote, Chauncey Gardner. <laughs> and so, and you, so, you know, that, that are plant... You gonna do an, are you going to do an imitation while you're here? No, 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 no that's okay. okay. All right. And we always like our guests to perform while they're here as well. Thank, thank God it's radio. <laughs> uh, Michael, you mentioned to me beforehand is that, uh, you know, this law takes effect in August, 60 days from when the governor signed it. So we got about um, a little more than 50 right now. Uh, it sounds like there is an awful lot that has to be done between now and August. Absolutely, and the, the, obviously the team is working working very diligently to uh, to meet the deadlines that we, we can meet. We anticipate and pretty sure we're not going to meet all of the deadlines. Um, certainly many things will be done on time, but so many logistical things. We have to procure technical support, for example, at this at this point. And it even takes time to get that up and running. And then, of course, the work that it takes to put it together. So yes, um, back to the 150 million or 115 million, right. whatever it right. is, I, I believe those numbers are on an annual basis. Now, we're going to lose two months, two and a half, two and a half months right from the beginning. So that number of whatever it is has been reduced by two to two and a half over twelve. So uh, we we're you are a numbers guy. Aren't I you? am a numbers guy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So so we we have to have to uh, figure uh, filter that into the uh, the actual calculation. A second uh, point uh, to 
piggyback on what Mike said about what he thinks is the most uh, important change. It's also direct shipping to to uh, individuals' homes with I wine. Th- with wine, I think it's absolutely uh, a big deal, and uh, for once, it's not. Ill- it will not be illegal to have wine shipped from from out of the state into your home. Now, these these uh, wineries that are doing that will have to register with the LCB, LCB pay a two hundred and fifty dollar fee, and uh, agree to collect Pennsylvania sales tax. Thirty six cases sounds like an awful lot to me. It, it does sound like a lot, but I, I suppose that uh, our our customers are, are right in this case and should be able to drink as and from out of uh, out of the country as well. So if they want to go to France or Italian wine, same thing. They would still have to to register with the LCB. Okay, all right. Let's uh, take some phone calls here. Bill is in Lancaster. Bill, you're on the air. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'd like to start with a small anecdote in that. I used to like to buy a large bottle of Namazaki, Japanese uh, unfiltered sake, and it was frequently sold out at the store in Linnitz, and it would be back in in the next week. Then it disappeared, and it disappeared, I'm told, because they didn't sell enough. Now, that might be true statewide, because up in the middle of God's country, nobody knows what sake is. (laughs) Now, this comes to the point that... All these new outlets are still going to be required to buy their goods from the LCB. So we're still going to be under some of this arbitrary ideas that they have. They are maybe at a 10% discount, from what I understand, which is going to do nothing for competitiveness. And we're still going to be limited in the choices because it's whatever the LCB decides, that's what you're going to drink, like it or not. Gentlemen, you like to respond to that? Well, you know, uh, the stores are only so big, okay? So you can't carry everything. Now, will there be a special? Oh, I'm spe- sorry. Let me stop you right there. They carried this for years, and then you deleted it. Well, it didn't sell enough, but uh, right. I mean, but but it was always sold out when I went to it, and I had to wait till next week to get it. Well, so I mean, it obviously, I, it, sold enough around here in Philadelphia. You know, obvi- Bill, this is obviously a very emotional topic for you. Well, no, it's the idea <laughs> I that know. they're. Their uh, idea, and this goes on to a lot of supermarkets, too, if you can't sell a bazillion things, we're not going to carry it, and you don't need it, whether it's Walmart, Giant, or the LCB. And that's not the attitude of customer service. Okay, let me ask you this, Bill. Just uh, stay on the line. Um, You know, we're not talking about wine in this case. Yeah, we are talking about wine. Yeah, sake. Sake is a rice wine. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right. See, I... Oh, it's rice wine. Yeah, okay. It's a rice wine. It's wine. Will he be able to get sake... Uh, yes, but not sure. the one. It's like saying, well, you can get beer, but you can't get Sam Adams beer. Well, no, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is, can you have it shipped to him? Under these new rules, will he be able to have it, the sake shipped to him? I believe so. Yes. Sure. It's, a, it's, a, it's a rice wine. You know, well, and, yes, and, maybe. And I don't know, Bill, have you checked uh, whether that's available through uh, special liquor orders? The, oh, as, yes, as it is. Up? Now, that's another story. I could buy it through special liquor. I'd have to buy an entire case, and then I'd have to pay like $40 shipping because, technically speaking, according to your explanation, once I paid for it, I own it. And therefore, it can't go on the truck with all the other stuff you buy from the supplier. Okay, Bill, I'm going to have them address those again. Thank you very much. I'm glad he uh, he called in because he did bring up some points there. Sure. I, as you can tell, I'm not a sake drinker, I, so I was not aware that that was, but now that you mentioned rice wine. But he could have it shipped 
but it would cost them the extra. When we're talking about uh, the, the, the cases of wine that are shipped uh, to Pennsylvania, obviously the customer would be paying for shipping costs and that kind of thing. Correct. And, and the 6% sales tax and a gallonage tax, which is $2.50 a gallon, which works out to be about 50 cents a bottle. In, in Bill's case, uh, you know, the, the, the rule of buying, uh, buying the sake by, by uh, what, 12 bottles or six bottles, whatever the case is of that, um, is determined by the manufacturer, not by the LCB. All right, and so we follow their 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 guidelines and their their uh, minimums. Not it's not our rule; it's their rule. Is it fair to say that, like Bill, not everyone is going to be satisfied, but there are options? That is correct. Uh, one one thing I've I've only been around for a couple months, but the one thing I've learned very very quickly is almost every decision we make will make someone upset. Because this is such a the PLCB itself is uh, certainly uh, what would the word be controversial. Mm-hmm. So we understand that. Uh, in, in regard to the the caller's uh, question about availability, uh, we have these types of anecdotes throughout our business. I was recently in a, in a store and I had the same problem he had. I went two or three times in one week looking for a specific product, and it was always out. They were always out of that product. But they had competitive products, six of them right beside, but this one is always out. So I went to the manager and suggested that maybe you increase your inventory of this product and reduce the inventory of these other products. And they did that. I went back a week later, and they had plenty of what I needed. Now, I was happy. But I'm guessing that someone else was unhappy because they've reduced the inventory of the other items. Mm. That's business. That's what that's what happens all the time. So someone needs someone from the LCB to go in and talk to the manager? <laughs> Some, a customer needs to talk to the management. To okay. Yeah, you're listening to Smart Talk on, on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. I want to get into some of the changes being made by the new law signed by Governor Wolf last week. Our guest today for this portion of the program, Mike Negra and Michael Newsom, both members of the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, 1-800-729-7532, or you can send an email to smarttalk at WITF.org. Also, leave a question or comment on WITF's Facebook page. Again, the phone number, 1-800-729-7532. All right, let me get to one of the basics, and that is what will be available at wine and spirit shops, or as most people still refer to them as state stores. Will, there's, does anything change at the state stores other than possibility of extended hours on Sundays and holidays? As far as we know at this point, no changes in the products. Well, I mean, you'll still be able to obviously to get spirits and, and wine. And uh, as you know, we're opening these fine wine and spirit stores throughout uh, premium stores throughout the the Commonwealth, and those will continue to to be uh, generated. In fact, we're opening one up this this week that uh, will be uh, very, very nice reopening in in Philadelphia area. So yes, the stores will continue to be modernized, and the product availability will still be there. But will there there be fewer wines available because wines can be sold at other locations? I think the market will will determine that, Scott. Okay, I mean, as as we move forward, you know, will there be, 
you know, more yellowtail and, and that, that sort of wine, you know, the, the more commodity type wines be sold in the supermarkets. And so, you know, our stores turn into a more premium, premium one. I have no idea. I think it's way too early. I, I think that we won't really have the results of that for years. Um, you know, two, two to three years, and we'll start to see how the consumer has changed due to the increased outlets, and thus, as a business, how do we react to that change? Lottery tickets will be available in, by the way, can I still call them state stores, or do you prefer to go by wine and spirit shops? Oh, it's up to you. I think it's uh, fine. We're not, we're not that sensitive. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I didn't know whether you corrected people or not when they said state stores. I still hear people say state stores. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, lottery tickets will be available at uh, state stores. I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened up until now. That's just a, a personal opinion. Will this law influence prices or discounts specials? Glad you asked that. I was one of the things I was thinking about is one another major change. It gives us the opportunity to, uh, we have, as you may or may not know, what they call proportional pricing throughout this, this commonwealth, which basically means that the same price has to be in all the stores throughout the entire Commonwealth. So you go to Philadelphia, you pay the same price you would pay in your county. But this gives us an opportunity to uh, offer discounts statewide to rewards programs, uh, you know, wine clubs, for example. Yeah, that mu- and that mug club is another th- something else that uh, had been illegal up until now, where someone can buy a mug in a, uh, I guess, in a tavern or a restaurant, and they get a discount, and that's something this new law will, will, uh, will allow them to Correct. do. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I didn't mean to interrupt. So, so pricing, yes. In fact, that's one of the criticisms of this state-run system, is that uh, our prices tend to be somewhat higher than surrounding states. We'll have an opportunity to to address that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's talk about some other uh, changes. Where are all the locations where wine can be sold? Any place that has an R license. Restaurant license. Uh, restaurant license or a hotel license. Okay. There you I, go. I, you know, I expect a little longer answer. Than oh, okay. That, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you know, so and that would include maybe, you know, a sheet. So, well, we have 11,000 licenses right. out there. Right. You know, that, that, that'll range from, you know, big boxes. Uh, i.e. the Wegmans, the Giant Eagles, uh, the, those those sort of supermarkets, to convenience stores, Sheets, Wawa's, um, Unimarts, you know, the, those again, those sort of places, uh, mom and pops, um, uh, you know, anybody that, that has come through. You, you can go to Sturgis, you, you know, Capitol Grill, if they make the decision to go with a wine extended permit, and they could thus, thus have, you know, an interior connection to a, to a wine store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what... How does someone qualify uh, for getting an R license? What do they have to do? I mean, basically, I saw something. They needed 30 seats. They need uh, 30 seats and 400 square feet. Okay. Okay, and they have to have availability of license. I mean, there are no licenses available other than what what Michael uh, alluded to earlier, and that there's a little bit over a thousand dead quote unquote dead licenses that will come back Throughout on the market, the state, yeah. you know, over the next couple of years. Um, but um, you know, they've got to turn around and find somebody who wants to sell their their license. It's either been being held in safekeeping because that their restaurant's not not open anymore, um, or one that you know wants a change in ownership. 
So uh, it's not like they can just call the LCB and say, hey, uh, you know, this is Scott from State College, and I'd really like to open up a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to find somebody else who wants to sell you that license. And that's pretty much the law now, right? That is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That I mean, that's not a big change there. It's just that the licenses may be more... I don't know, advantageous for a business person if they wanted to, to expand Well, they're going to be business. in more demand. I think it's, a, it, it's economics 101. It's supply right. and demand. And I think that you'll see, you know, with, with these highly capitalized businesses, uh, I think that you'll probably see the price of licenses go up. Mm-hmm. I think there's any doubt about it. And, and one other thing, uh, that it, I think the, it allows uh, restaurants to sell bottles of wine. Oh, sure, yeah, it's an R license, so, that's right. So you're, they'll be able to, to sell, I think, up to four bottles of wine to, right. to an individual. Right. Uh, so you may, may even see that kind of thing happening. All right, what about competition? Because, well, let's face it, uh, businesses like convenience stores who sell gasoline, I mean, we all see the prices out front of what a gallon of gasoline costs. Will there be an opportunity for these businesses to compete price-wise amongst themselves with wine and beer? Well, they're all buying at the same price, okay? From you. From from us, exactly. Or through you. Right. And they can either purchase the listed product through us um, at a 10% discount, or they can buy a special liquor order, like Bill Saki. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, there's... Which is rice wine, by the way. Yeah. That I <laughs> That's what I understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, from, there's, a different, there's a different pricing structure when it comes to special liquor orders. Um, there's probably more margin available for the retailer in, in, in that uh, uh, scenario. So they might, you know, really specialize in a, in a certain type, type of product um, that way. So uh, I think they'll be able to be competitive. These are smart people that are running these businesses. So, sure, it's, it's a traffic builder. It's, uh, I, I think that, that it's going to be interesting to see how it flushes out. I, actually, I think it's a free market, and I absolutely believe that there will be competition and uh, maybe some price wars and that type of thing going on. Can they advertise their prices? Sure. Because I, that's, I, I mean, but that's relatively new that uh, beer distributors, for example, could advertise their prices. It's relatively new. How long has that been around? Mm-hmm. Uh, Elizabeth, do you know? No? I mean, it's, it's still relatively new that beer distributors were able to advertise their prices mm-hmm. to compete in, uh, in, in newspapers. Let's take uh, a few phone calls here. Peter is in Harrisburg. Peter, you're on the air. Hello, Peter? All right. He is not there. Let's go. Dennis is Camp Hill. And Dennis, uh, you're not exactly on board with this. No, I'm not. I'll tell you the truth. I think this is a huge mistake. Someone's complaining about selection. I think the LCB carries 3,700 of the 4,000 brand names, the BATF licenses for sale in this country. There's not much you can't get. I've looked at 22 other states. I covered the state capitol as a reporter for nearly 30 years. We got into this years ago back in the 70s when Milton Schaap was governor, tried to take the system down, and he couldn't. And I started to look at this, and I'm thinking, we've got about the best system around. Yes, there are complaints, and yes, there are problems. I don't think alcohol purchases should be convenient. I think it ought to be a deliberate act. You've got to go out of your way to buy it a little bit. And when I go to other states, and I go to Florida often, some of the stuff I see down, people say, isn't this wonderful? You can't get it in Pennsylvania. It's grape juice and ether water. Don't kid me. It's not finished in wood. It's finished in stainless steel with oak chips. Give me the real 
give me a very, very fine red that spent four or five years in the, in the barrel. When you've got it in the glass, you can smell the oak from the barrel. The secondary aroma should be the fruit. This is the good stuff. Pennsylvania does handle some slop, but they also handle some of the very, very best and some of the very best in the stilts. And if you're going to go, go top shelf or don't go at all. He was mentioning yellowtail. That's grape juice and ether water. It's from Australia. I wouldn't have it in my house. All right, Dennis. my personal opinion. That's why they make Chevys and Fords. Okay, Dennis, thank you very much for your call. (laughs) Obviously, we have some people who are very opinionated about this. Um, uh, But, okay, what he says, the point that he makes, you know, as you said, Michael, the LCB has come under a lot of criticism over the years. And most of the time, it's because just what Dennis talked about is that people compare it with other states. Does this allow us to compete? Now, our prices are going to be higher because of the taxes. But does this allow Pennsylvania to compete better with, say, Maryland, Jersey, New York, Ohio, West Virginia? There, There is a number of other states that um, that are privatized, semi-privatized. I visit those states all the time, my home state of Virginia. Uh, you don't uh, cross state lines with it, though, do you? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, absolutely good. not. All right. So I understand the point, and I think I made the point earlier that you make one, one person happy and someone is going to be unhappy. Right. In this case, we're not trying to be all things to all people, but we are trying to be customer-focused customer convenience. And the customers, our citizens, are asking for this. They want to be able to buy wine in a grocery store. They want to be able to have that kind of convenience that this law finally allows. Not all the way. We haven't gone all the way. Or they haven't gone gone all the way. But certainly it's more convenient than than we had before. that's why the fine wine and spirit stores are there. We have He's right. We have some wonderful uh, products in those stores, and I believe that those stores will continue to grow. They will continue to, to be enhanced, and maybe the traffic will increase in those stores because we will have the variety in the stores. Could the grocery have... stores and others, convenience stores, will not have the floor space. Right. They will not have the inventory a storage area for for the kind of variety that they need. Even though maybe some will expand with 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 something like this. We had a, it, but, but but Dennis brings up a point. Wendell Young, uh, whose union represents state store uh, employees, will be on with us in uh, just a few minutes. One of the things that Wendell Young, who has opposed probably the most vocal opponent of privatization over the years, said that there will be more drinking. You have more outlets, more places where it's for sale. People will drink more. That leads to other things like other kind of uh, you know, DUIs, more people on the road drinking. And we actually had another caller who uh, didn't want to go on the air ask, well, what's this do with insurance rates if uh, uh, there is more drinking, there's more DUIs? Is that something taken into consideration? I'll take that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be glad to, to, yeah. to answer that. Those who want to drink are drinking already. They they know where the state stores are. They they know where they can go. They're crossing the state lines. They're doing whatever. Uh, and uh, I I don't again I I don't have any support for or against what they're saying. I, I just don't believe that. I mean, we still have the the, the laws. We still have the uh, ID requirements and so forth. So. 
Adults will be adults. And let me just bring up a point. It's a scenario many people have um, you know, described over the years. You have convenience store workers. You have uh, grocery store workers. A lot of times young people. And, you know, people will say, oh, you have these kids who will have to check out uh, their customers uh, who are buying wine and, you know, in grocery stores and uh, convenience stores. We haven't talked about beer a whole lot. But that there is more potential for underage to get through. What do you say to that? Well, I guess my reaction is as the owner of that convenience store, okay, and I've paid $250,000 for that license, I'm going to make sure that my employees are trained, uh, ramp certified, and understand exactly, you know, how they're supposed to sell sell that product and to, to a, a legal age person or make sure that they're not visibly intoxicated. So, uh, you know, I, I don't see that. Um, I, I think that's a chicken little uh, t- type type of response, and oh my gosh, you know it's it's available in a, in a in a sheets, and so the you know the sky is going to fall. You, uh, but but you don't think there will be more DUIs, more drunk driving? I don't. Uh, just just because of the availability, no, I no I don't. And uh, I think that you know our state police do a good job when it comes to. Uh, to deterring that, I think I think uh, the public relations from MAD and so forth. I, th- I think that the words out there in terms of people understand to drink responsibly and what that means. I think Uber's helped, you know, a- along those lines. And and I think that, uh, yeah, you 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 have them. You certainly DUIs are there. There, but that would happen whether we had just as pure state store system or whether or, or whether we had an, expan- an expanded system. It happens in every single state. Unfortunately, you know, there's there's people that aren't so smart, and, you know, they don't think before they act. But, okay, now that goes kind of back to what um, Dennis was saying earlier about he doesn't think that alcohol should be a convenience buy, and he also mentioned an impulse buy. Well, one thing we need to understand also is we've talked about this R license even in grocery stores and convenience stores, we will keep the sale of alcohol separate from the other products. Mm-hmm. So there is a separate distinct area. In fact, the license details that as to what the separation has to be. Can I interrupt you here? Because we have a caller who's asking uh, a question related to that. Nick is in Bainbridge. Nick, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, well, you just answered my question. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask if you're ever going to be able to buy the grocery and the beer and pay for it at once. It's also uh, it's more of a pain in the butt knowing that the beer is right next to, you know in the next aisle, but you have to buy your groceries, pay, go out to your car, come back in, buy the beer, pay again. I've never done it. I I, I tried to do it once, went to Wise, and I was like, this is such a pain in the butt. I'm just going to go to the distributor. So, All right. Thank you very much. I'm sure the distributor's glad to hear that. But we haven't talked a whole lot about beer. Uh, what do we have beer? Why, you know, there, there are restrictions on the amount of beer that can be sold in a convenience store and grocery store. So for those who think that it's like Virginia, for example, where your butt can buy a case, it is not that way. It is restricted, correct? That's correct. But back to, back to the convenience thing, uh, to, to kind of talk about what Dennis just said. I mean, that that separation is one of the concerns that uh, folks have about this, that you do have children and and so forth uh, frequenting the grocery store, for example. As we understand, and we're still kind of discussing this now, but we think that you should be able to buy your groceries, select your groceries, 
go into the beer and wine cafe, purchase your wine, and then leave. We, we don't think it can go the We know it can't go the other way. You can't buy your beer and wine and then walk to the grocery store with it. Like, but we think like it can go the other like way. I'm not sure about that. Are you? Well, I think that that's a uh, decision made by the grocery store. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily a decision that that's uh, that's made by made by us. See, you know, you you just pointed out an example of one of the things that has to be decided here in the next uh, uh-huh. fifty-five days or so. Uh, let's take another call from Jim and Enola. Jim, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. Hi. Uh, I wanted to say two things real quickly. Uh, one, <laughs> I believe in positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. I think that. Uh, we ought to congratulate the legislature for finally, and the governor, for finally getting together on something. You know, they've, they've, they've slowly dragged Pennsylvania maybe into the 20th century. Maybe at some point they'll drag Pennsylvania into the 21st century on, uh, on liquor and wine and so forth. So that's great. Now let's get on to some substantive stuff, like maybe a budget, for example, and stuff like that. The other thing is, I want to respond to what Dennis said. I'm a I'm a registered Democrat, and I'm not used to making libertarian arguments. But you know, we've got a lot of problems in this country. We've got uh, we've got poor and and uh, mis- and uh, unfortunate people, and we've got ISIS and all these things. We do not need the government to be in the middle of deciding which kind of beer I can buy, which kind of wine I can buy, and where I can buy it. Uh, you know, it just we Pennsylvania needs to join just about every other state and get out of the liquor business. So thanks for listening to me. All right, Jim, thank you very much for your call. We only have a few minutes left because uh, I am going to get on to uh, Wendell Young here in, in a few minutes. So what do you want the takeaway to be for Pennsylvanians listening to this program today? Um, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, you start. <laughs> Why don't you start? The, the takeaway is that uh, I, I, I like the last caller's comment. Uh, I know the governor very well, and I'm starting to get to know the legislators. And I think this is, when they talk monumental and historic, uh, maybe from what we saw last year in the budget fight, this I, this is a refreshing to see that they were able to, to come together on something like this. It's not perfect, and I'm not sure we'll ever be perfect. But uh, the, the takeaway is that we're talking about customer convenience, we're talking about uh, availability, and and we don't make the laws. I mean, as, contrary to popular belief, we are not in control of alcohol distribution in the Commonwealth. We are simply, we being the board, um, are simply ensuring that the laws are adhered to, and and adhered to, and and that's what we that's what we do. So we're going to work as quickly and as diligently as possible to to enact to make sure that these things are done and that convenience is is the thing that we're all about. Modernization is what the governor wants. That's what we're after. And um, the whole idea of privatization versus versus uh, modernization is not something that we discuss at all because it's not our job. Officially. Officially. Isn't <laughs> I'm not even sure how you separate those two. But, you know, I guess the takeaway, you know, is, is that change is coming. Okay, we're we're going to we're going to uh, do it as efficiently as possible. Um, I don't think that you know in sixty days you know we're gonna we're gonna grab the low hanging fruit. You know you're gonna see Sunday sales and you know the hours change. You're gonna see some licensing issues. We're gonna do everything as fast as possible. We're gonna do it right. And if that means it takes an extra month to do it, 
we're going to do it right. And uh, I think the the executive team and uh, our our leadership, uh, a lot of them came from the gro- from the grocery industry. A lot of them are are, are uh, private industry people, and they understand w- what people want and and how you deliver that sort of customer service. And uh, it is a new LCB. Uh, it's not your father's, you know, state store. Um, so uh, um, I, I think that that's probably the ta- the takeaway that I'd like to, I'd like to leave with with your listeners is that change is coming. Not everything happens overnight. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Use whatever cliche you want to, you want to use. We're getting there. Okay, and uh, just be be patient with it. We think that you'll like that you'll like where we get to, and whether there's more steps behind that, not up to us. Okay, but uh, we're going to do everything in our power to to satisfy our our customers. Mike Negra and Michael Newsom, both members of the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. Thank you very much for being with us today. Great, thank you. You're Scott. welcome. Thanks for having us. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. During the whole multi-year debate over liquor privatization, the most vocal opponent was Wendell Young, president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 1776, and he still opposes the new move. Wendell Young, welcome to the program. Good morning, Scott. Thanks for inviting me on today. All right, Wendell, let's let's talk about it. I said right up front that uh, uh, you have been the most uh, vocal opponent of privatization. You still don't like this. What don't you like about it? Well, I think this is a bad bill for uh, all Pennsylvanians. You know, we currently have, as the governor so well said last week in signing this bill, a very valuable asset in the PLCB. Uh, it works for all Pennsylvanians, whether they drink or not. It produces a lot of revenue in both profit and taxes. And despite the cries from people like uh, uh, Terzai and Corbett, the previous governor, that the system was going broke and losing money. Actually, over its entire history and the past five, six years we've been debating it this time around, the system continues to make more money every year. And that benefits all, all taxpayers, whether they, whether they, they drink or not. And what this bill is going to do <clears throat> is open up to the private sector um, wine sales. Now, if, if that's you know, if that's the big issue most people are focusing on, it's going to affect most consumers. So it is going to be more convenient for people to get wine because you have currently 10, and I'm going to round off here, about 10,000 restaurant licenses in Pennsylvania. Within a handful of years, that'll be up to about 14,000 with this bill. Um, not that all of them will get a wine permit, but thousands will. We have about 300 supermarkets right now and convenience stores with uh, our licenses, restaurant licenses. That will certainly grow exponentially now that they can add, a, for very little extra money, a wine permit. Um, it's very hard to see any scenario where the PLCB, the state-run PLCB, is now going to sell at a discount to its competitors. They're going to be subsidizing their own competitors who will operate out of more locations and locations that sell a lot of other things. You know, people go to supermarkets every day for all the things they need in life. Uh, current modern supermarkets like Wegmans and the big new Giant Eagles and others have 50,000 to 150,000 different items. Super, uh, uh, wine and spirit stores sell wine and spirits. That's it. So people go, the foot traffic goes where all those other things are. And you're going to take foot traffic out of our liquor stores. And by taking foot traffic out of liquor stores, you're also not just going to lose that bottle that's now sold at the grocery store instead of the liquor store, the wine spirit store, but you're going to lose the other incidental sales. 
Mm. And as that occur, as that occurs, it's going to chip away at the revenue that's produced by the PLCB. Uh, so it, it, to me, it's an unlevel playing field, and it's one that's going to make it very difficult for the PLCB to make a profit. Now, I, I only caught part of the conversation your pre- previous guests, and I, I take the governor's word that he really believes that this will help improve the PLCB and its operations and its revenue and the jobs picture there. And, and I look forward to working with him and the PLCB to that end. But I think there were, was a lot that could have been done to modernize and improve the consumer experience without giving away the profit to the private sector. Because consumers will find convenience, but with it's going to be a price, and that's going to be less revenue and therefore higher, higher taxes or more cuts somewhere. But at the end of the day, the real beneficiaries of this are the retailers who are going to get these licenses, and they're now going to get the profit instead of the taxpayers of Pennsylvania. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, I was pointed out during our previous uh, segment of the program, Governor Wolf said $115 million in new revenue. Uh, the House Appropriations Committee estimated $150 million in new revenue. Uh, are you saying you don't buy that because it's the, the competition, that foot traffic is going to take away from the people in in the state stores? Well, I, I think there's a possibility for some new additional revenue in the first one or two years, maybe even three years. But I, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to agree that it's either 115 or 150, the two numbers you've heard batted around. Remember, the same Appropriations Committee for years has been saying you get a billion dollars by selling the system or more, uh, despite even Governor Corbett's own uh, study that showed you would lose billions. They, they, they have a funny way to do math there. They count one side of the ledger board. Uh, they only count the inflows. They don't always count the outflows. And so putting that, that whole issue aside over whose math is going to work, I'll be the first to say, because of the transitional nature of this kind of change, that you're going to have some licensing fees come in while the sales in the wine and spirit shops are still where they are. Then you'll have some other incidental or, or, or uh, uh, opportunity sales at those retailers that, that already have licenses and get the permit quickly. So during the transition, you actually have a bump. You saw this in Washington State when they privatized back in, I think it was 2012, um, you saw that first year a bump in revenue, but every year since then, the revenue has actually been less than what it was when they ran their own system. You saw a similar thing in Iowa and West Virginia when they went from systems just like ours um, to wine liberalization, where initially you had some licensing issues that brought in some extra revenue, but very quickly after that, within two or three years, you saw huge plummets. Um, in West Virginia, more than half of all the revenue they were getting before they liberalized wine sales uh, was lost because of what I just said. And it's similar uh, in Iowa, um, more than a third of all the revenue was lost. Uh, and here's why. Um, wine accounts for about half of all the sales and profit here in Pennsylvania. And 70% of that wine is what's called value and standard uh, category wines. In the states where retailers sell this in the private sector, over 90% of all their offerings are the value and standard, basically the cheaper stuff. And that's where a lot of the profit is in our system. We're going to have a hard time competing with that foot traffic. We're going to have a hard time competing in stores that only sell wine spirits against stores that sell 100,000 other items. It, it, it's really, and we're going to be selling it to them at a discount. Every bottle they sell, we're selling to them for 10% less than the PLCB charges for the same bottle at the cash register. Mm. Hey, look, so that's, that's a hard scenario to win. Got a couple of things I wanted to touch on in the last five minutes of the program. But uh, obviously, 
you know, you, you represent the, the state store workers, the union. So that has to be one of your biggest concerns. Well, it is the biggest concern. Okay, so that, I, would, I would let you say that. I'll let you say that. Yeah. But so how will your workers, how will uh, the people that you represent, how will they be impacted by this? Well, with a loss of revenue, it's going to be a loss of jobs. Um, you know, as, as the foot traffic moves to other venues, um, the PLCB is not going to need as many people. And, uh, and I fear that it's going to lead to layoffs. It's going to lead to store closures. Uh, now, you know, there are things I think the PLCB and the governor can do to mitigate that. And, you know, I, I was happy to hear, despite disagreeing with the governor on this legislation and disagreeing with what happened here, uh, I do think it's a bad idea what happened here. But despite that, I was glad to hear him say that he's going to take whatever steps necessary and possible to, you know, make sure that the, this valuable asset's protected. And, and I heard some of the conversation earlier, I didn't hear it all, uh, from the, you know, Mr. Negra and Mr. Newsom uh, about, you know, their eagerness to really make this work. And I lo- I've talked to some of them in, in this past year about, you know, these kind of issues. This has been kicked around for a long time. So this is, we've been on the precipice of this. And I look forward to working with them on behalf of the workers in these stores to make the best of this situation. And if, and if they're willing to really do some things and push the envelope here, I think they can reposition themselves um, and I hope politics doesn't interfere with their efforts. Uh, I, from what I've, I understand, Mr. Newsom's a, he's got a very brilliant business background, so does Mr. Negra and, and Mr. Holden, uh, you know, as well. So we, we're hopeful, but I'm really concerned about this, and I, I, I think it was a bad idea. We, we only have a couple minutes left, and I know we're trying to fit a lot in here. Over the years, when you have spoken about this, one of the things that you have said is that you felt there would be more drinking, which leads to other legal problems like DUIs, domestic violence, things like that. Uh, we have a caller here who said, thinks the same thing, that there definitely will be more drinking and uh, more DUIs. What do you say now? Well, my opinion really isn't um, really relevant because it's just an opinion. But what I look at is the overwhelming volume of research by people who actually research this stuff uh, that shows that, and it's a very clear and unequivocal increase when you increase outlet density and you make it more readily available you will sell more of the stuff to more people that probably shouldn't have it our people do a great job in in our stores at keeping it out of hands of people that are visibly intoxicated underage drinkers and we have limits on hours and other things the more you open that up the more you're going to sell to that population you know alcohol consumption comes with a certain amount of problems that's no secret that that's a problem we have societal problems the more available you make it, all the research shows, the more of those problems you're going to have. Now, you have those people out there um, who actually don't really research this stuff. They do data mining, and they use raw data statistics to say, well, Pennsylvania adjusted for population has the same amount of DUIs as anybody else. Well, that's my but next the, question but, was other but states. The people, yeah. But the people who actually study this will tell you you also have more outlet density for beer in Pennsylvania than almost any other state. And beer, by far, is the most popular drink of choice in Pennsylvania. So when you adjust for actual wine and spirits consumption and you adjust for drive distances in our state and population in different parts of the state, actually Pennsylvania has one of the least. Well, some of the statistics, we have the lowest overall death rate related to alcohol consumption in the nation consistently as long as the CDC has been tracking those stats. And we have other factors just like that are very beneficial to us here in Pennsylvania. 
those stats are now going to move. You make it more readily available, you will suffer more of those kind of harms. And there's a real dollar cost and a, and a cost of lives that come with it. Hey, Wendell Young is the president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, Local 1776. I wish we had more time. Wendell, I'll sure I'll be talking to you again. Thank you very much. Back anytime. Thank All you. right, thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and All Things Considered. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about some legal issues.